0: Uh, I am here with uh, Mark Killian, South African composer that hails from Joe Begg. Uh, we just discussed that Leonardo DiCaprio's accent was spot on in Blood Diamond. He's multi-talented. I don't find him remotely sexually appealing. I still see him as a prepubescent boy, even though he's like 48 now. Um, he's never going to be that like manly man to me, but he gets the models, so he's happy. And apparently my friend slept with him and said he was an amazing lover, in case you were wondering. Were you wondering, Mark? I don't know if you were wondering.
1: You know, if you can do an Afrikaans accent like that, then there's a very good chance.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And you've been composing since you were uh, 20, and then you moved to, sorry, I I missed the part when you said, when did you move to L.A.? In
1: 94. In 94.
0: Okay, so I'm not good at math. So over five years ago. um, Yeah,
1: a few more than five years. a
0: A few more than five and did you start out scoring immediately? Scoring for uh, South African? because I know you worked a lot with Gavin Hood. Was he kind of your entryway into the industry? What was your? How did you kind of get your first big break? Um, well, I suppose
1: you know, tootsie with Gavin was the first big break, um, just in terms of profile. But I'd already been working for you. That was that was in two thousand and five. Okay. Four. So I'd already been since I landed here. I came to USC to study for one year. And then worked, you know, as a composer's assistant, and then sort of worked my way up. So I was already scoring movies by the time Switzerland came around, but that was the first high profile.
0: Is it true that, uh, like those huge mega composers like Hans Zimmer, does he have like a staff of minions that do all the scoring for him and he just kind of listens to the final product or does he sit and actually sketch out the, the score?
1: You know, I, it's a little more like, um, you know, how to. Michelangelo paint, right? He, he had millions of people who, who did all, but but there would have been not, none of that if it wasn't for Michelangelo. He
0: didn't paint all that stuff by himself? Sistine Chapel, he <laughs> didn't lay <land> in a <laughs> cot? I didn't know no,
1: that. No, he had a help here and there.
0: He did? Okay, I, didn't, I really didn't know that. I really thought that it took him like a million, well, I guess how could he do it in like a couple of years? You need yeah, I know, and,
1: and it's very much like that. And, and there are, you know, there's no way in, in today's world that as a composer of that, you know, when you're working on that level, uh, you can't be on your own. There's just no way. It's not possible. Just the amount of work that, that is to be done. Um, even one assistant's not really going to hack it these days for that type of movie. You know, the kind of movies right. that most, Is
0: most of the music that you score for films, is it on MIDI, like electronic? Or do you actually sit and play the instruments and hire session musicians and orchestras and all that shit?
1: It's all of that together. And that's uh, the beauty of it. That's what I love about it. Someone likes me.
0: Yeah, you're getting alerts here. I, turned my, I put mine on Do Not Disturb. I'm on a dating site and I've been inundated with with, with uh court, courtiers, I guess. Court courtship people. Um oh,
1: yeah, I'm trying <laughs> I don't know
0: how to phrase it. Uh it's a nightmare though. It's a fucking I had another date the other night. Oh wow, someone's on. John Laster. <laughs> what are you doing here, man? Is, I don't know what's happening.
1: I yeah. I'm, this
0: is I'm surreal. To I'm going <laughs> That's, John's going to be my guest later today and he's out. Okay, that was funny. I was like, what's going it was
1: on? He was checking his Zoom link. Make sure you weren't taking him to some dark place on the web.
0: <laughs> kind of looked up, going, what the hell? He's a brilliant comic that's been doing a lot of stuff for the Black Lives Matter movement, highlighting because he showcased a lot of his stories of being stopped by police. Right. And all that stuff, and then um, and now he 's showcasing other people that have been telling That's... stories of that nature and you we can talk about apartheid in a minute, but let 's not go there yet let's let 's stick to music for a little bit okay. How much has um well actually speaking, how much has traditional African music factored into your compositions
1: um, you know it's it's two things really, and on the one hand, if you pick up an African instrument and you want to play something then you're factoring African music in whether you, whether you're playing something African or not. Right. Uh, that's part. That's one part of it. The other part of it is, you know, I I sort of cut my teeth in in Africa with music and and studied composition in Africa. Did a master's degree, um, studied ethnomusic all this stuff. So there's there's a big influence inside of me. And even if I'm not writing African music, I I am influenced by it, and it does come out in some ways for sure.
0: Do you but, have any instruments uh, around in the studio that you can, like traditional African instruments that you can you can hook us uh, up with right now?
1: I do, here is a Columba, which is actually made by an American co- No, sorry, a German company. Oh, one.
0: those Germans, they have their hand in everything. Oh, that's that one that you kind of prick with your finger?
1: That's right. Now, I'll show you the, um, the OG version of that.
0: The what? Oh, okay, little upgrade?
1: Oh, but of course it's not in this room, it's in another room, so forget that. <laughs> okay. but the OG version is called Umbira, which is much bigger, has a lot more tines, a lot more of these oh wow um let me let me put this down so okay you can see, there you this go right on your cr- move the off.
0: crotch away there we go okay All
1: right. <laughs> here
0: we go <laughs> you can keep it there i just don't want to distract myself okay
1: So that's kind of a cool trick. You
0: I love them. that because usually I've seen them without that little tambourine underneath and this is how you kind of wah-wah it. This is the only company I've seen that
1: makes it like this. This is their own invention. Um, and, you know, like with all instruments, it's osmosis. You know, you see an instrument and you're like, oh, well, I can do that with that instrument. And that's, that's the evolution of instruments. And, um, you know- How easy we-
0: is it to replicate that kind of sound on a computer? Is there like a garage band? What's this instrument called?
1: So this is called a columba.
0: A columba. Is there a columba option on on GarageBand?
1: Very likely, and it's upsetting. It might sound like that. You know, every columba is going to be slightly different, and yeah, you know. So I'm old you...
0: school. I, I prefer that that hand touch, and I, especially with like string instruments, I can really hear when it's computer versus live session.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's becoming more and more difficult. Um, you know, these days the type of tools we have to um, mimic an orchestra. Are, are incredible and, and they would fool a lot of people, even sometimes composers uh, who yeah. do it every day. So it's, uh, it's quite incredible.
0: What else you got for me? Shower well, me. I, I see all those guitars too, that, that round one. Of- they all look like they're smiling. That's what I like. See the guitars are, well, there's one guitar that looks upset, but everybody, they all have little smiles at the bottom.
1: Yeah, this one doesn't
0: That one looks shell-shocked. That one looks anally penetrated. I'm sorry to get graphic, but that one does not look.
1: COVID has freaked that guitar like no but no but like Ooh,
0: okay what's this
1: this is a naya Titi.:
0: okay um
1: and um this is a very interesting instrument because well let me play it first um
0: there it is okay
1: try not to get the crotch shot in there yeah
0: there you go perfect
1: If you can hear that okay, but
0: I could. I mean, I can't hear it as well as if I was in there, obviously, but it's yeah. beautiful.
1: Um, I did an episode on my YouTube channel on, on this guy, so if you want to hear that in all its glory, uh, yeah, go I'm going to
0: gonna, uh, share a link with your, you know, your on your, for your yeah. YouTube page, yeah.
1: But uh-huh. this is basically a um, a liar, so the you know, we don't really know where this comes from. We're talking about 5,000 years ago, there's evidence of these things in Greece, uh, and they eventually became. They morphed into what is now known as the King David harp or the Kinor harp. Or the, um, and, and, and then that came back to Africa or it originated in Africa. We don't really know which way around it went. Like so many things musical, it's all about osmosis. Yeah. Um, and, and is
0: yeah. that made, what kind of animal skin is the, is the drum part made of? from? This
1: goat. Um, goat. And, and this is, this is a, a wooden bowl, um, but the Greeks used to make it out of a tortoise shell.
0: Oh, wow. So a lot of animals were slaughtered in, in support of this instrument.
1: Oh, I'll show you the best.
0: <laughs> He's going to bring out a zebra carcass. Here um, we go. Oh, look at this little doodler.
1: This is a chirunga from Bolivia. Okay. It's an armadillo, but it's a real armadillo. You can see it's got its hair very oh eyes. <laughs> um, of course, this is no longer legal. <laughs> as I found out when I tried to take this on a plane, <laughs> like, oh, so you're not going anywhere with that.
0: So uh, how did yeah, you smuggle it in?
1: I, I, I couldn't, yeah, I, I, I was gonna take this to Australia.
0: Okay, um, no, but how'd you get it in the country from Bolivia? You snuck it in your suitcase? No, I,
1: no, I bought this from uh, the, a guitar store here that, that acquired this long, oh, 50, wow. it, maybe 20 years that's ago. That's
0: beautiful and disturbing at the same time. I mean, was there really a need and to use sm- actual I mean, armadillo?
1: The smell is amazing, it's like, that's armadillo. It smells mono. gamey? Totally.
0: Oh my gosh. Do the hairs contribute to the sound, does the pelt? No, but I mean- if It you, feels if nice you, to caress it, yeah. If you caress your instrument, it's gonna be nice to you, of course.
1: <laughs> so.
0: Play a little bit of the armadillo, play. Maybe the armadillo can scream subconsciously through the sounds.
1: Well, the Bolivians played like this. But I, you know, normally what I'm gonna do is beautiful instrument
0: it's beautiful so when you're scoring for film do you, are you the one playing these instruments like you'll get into the studio and you'll be the one tinkering with it, or do you hire someone to do it
1: well it, when i write something that i'm unable to play then i hire someone okay um, but try, these guys,
0: everything you have in your studio you play ah uh, you know
1: play is a big word um i tinker with um okay. and and i'm really not not professional or proficient rather at any of these instruments except the piano, the keyboard-related instruments, because I'm a pianist. So, well, um, I got to the-
0: say, when you play those two, um, I guess can I call the other one the, the 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 lyre a string instrument? We can do that. We can call it a string instrument because yeah. it's got oh, strings. Yeah. Um, I could feel like I was watching a movie, like some kids running, you know, in the desert. It had that very evocative, dramatic moment in a prestige drama.
1: Well, thank you. I guess I'm just
0: no, I just had that. It was very evocative that those yeah. those sounds yeah. are always sad to me i I don't know, I guess maybe if you're doing that that uh that Bolivian instrument um that can be somewhat joyful, but the others there's such a inherent sadness to the sound
1: yeah it, it could be you know it's, it's all very contextual and 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 um you know what's sad to to one culture can be not sad to another yeah. You know, That's true. Well you I think as Americans
0: of- we're so used to like hokey cheesy American music that anything in a minor key is going to sound devastating. That's kind of you know? how
1: it is because when you go to Russia and listen to Russian music I mean everything's in a minor key.
0: Right yeah there is no they don't mean drinking vodka
1: you know. Major.
0: Well they're drowning out their 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 sorrows right. Well, of course. Um, uh, what else you got there? What else? Show, show me show me. I'm very excited. I wish I could play the guitar.
1: This is not African. This is one of the oldest instruments that, that I have in the studio. There's evidence of this instrument going back 40,000 years, which is incredible.
0: 40,000? Did we exist? Yeah. Did humans exist then?
1: <laughs> Apparently. <It exists. laughs> so this is Mongolian, and it's called the horsehead bow for, well, obvious reasons. Oh,
0: wow. It's not a real horse head, at least. Okay.
1: Not a real horse head this time. Beautiful. Um, traditionally made out of horse head. This is not. This is some kind of other version of it. Okay. But this is a very simple. It's basically a cello, and you bow it. But I'm not going to bow it.
0: So it's only two strings. Are you able to generate any other notes? How many notes can you generate on that thing?
1: And but you know they play it with. You have to have kind of a long nail because you don't. Hang on. You see how far the strings away from the fretboard? Yeah. Cars where you push it onto the fretboard, these you don't. So you need a nail or something. A very, they, it's, so to play this properly, you're very difficult. I, so I, I think, always
0: get kind of grossed out by the guitar players that have that couple of long nails there at the end. I just like use a pick, dude, and keep yourself groomed.
1: Right? It's so like
0: creepy. It's like, look at me with my my guitar nail. I
1: yeah. don't like
0: that. Um,
1: so this is a really interesting... Well, this is a jaw harp or G-Harp or whatever. There's a million. You still
0: call it Jew harp. Is that politically correct?
1: I don't know if it's politically correct, but it's a misnomer. There's no historical the harp. or cultural reason for it to be called a Jew's harp. And right. there are a few okay. theories why it became that, uh, but none of them have anything to do with anything historical. With anything. <laughs> it's actually an inaccurate to call it that. Um, but this. That's a wonderful harp, but this is the. I asked this guy in in the Ukraine to um, to make the lowest one he could find. Now I don't know if you're going to hear this properly on the speaker. I mean, it's super low
0: it sounds like you're possessed of- by some sort of creature you know what i mean it definitely well, it's funny feels- because the
1: name that was used for this in the middle ages and they were very popular in the middle ages in europe the name was called the trump the trump um, <laughs> the trump but it was also known as the devil's trump because it it, it, it evokes spirits i believe
0: and- that it feels like something a shaman would use in an ayahuasca ceremony
1: yeah, exactly right
0: have Is you it- done ayahuasca
1: I and mean, not yet I've been planning that for the longest time. It just hasn't happened yet. I don't want to do it here. I want to go to Peru to do it and do it properly. Have you? Okay. Have you well, done I, it?
0: I um I had a person on the podcast that does it probably like once every month or two. Okay. Uh, he's been all over, and he also does it here in LA. They have you know, his shaman comes here and they do it. Um, but it's interesting because I just watched uh, one of those Netflix documentaries. And they were saying that, in terms of the indigenous um, peoples that use it, it was never meant to be used by the layman. You know, the per- the shaman is only the only person that's supposed to use it, and then Look. and then heal the other people through. And this whole idea of the Westerner coming in and ingesting the medicine—I
1: can imagine—is—is—is
0: is, uh, is a- appropriation in a way. Look, it works for a lot of people. There were some miraculous stories, and the, the guest I had on the podcast—I mean life-changing and also some scary stuff. But for the most part, people have very transformative experiences. They're tripping their balls out too in the process, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, I'm too scared to do it because I'm like, what am I going to have a seizure? Like The risk of it outweighs yeah. the, the joy and the purging. I'm not a big purger. If I had a history as a bulimic, maybe I'd feel better about it. But, uh-huh. um, but if yeah, you do I- want to do it, I can connect you with the right, the experts.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd like to look into it, but as I say, I want to make it part of a, a trip to Peru, and I really want to find the place with the tourists that is not more tourist oriented. That's more. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's pluses and minuses, I guess. If something happens to you and you want to get proper medical care, you, you know.
1: Yeah. Exactly. You want to
0: pay three grand and have them chopper you out,
1: <laughs> as opposed yeah. to like that's
0: okay, just living
1: life. Pluses and minuses, you know. It's all yeah. About we, yeah. We, absolutely.
0: We, all right. So. so now we moved from the string instruments. What else you got in percussion? You have any percussive stuff? Um,
1: I don't really, but I have, I wanted to show you this guy. This is an ocarina, but look at the size of this baby. This what is, is it a, made out of? This is made out of clay. Okay. It's a multi-chamber ocarina. Um, and as you know, ocarinas come from South America, um, but not really. They actually go back a l- lot longer than that. They go back to China 12,000 years ago.
0: Okay. So- wow. So, These thousands of years is like hard for me to even wrap my head around
1: exactly. No, so and it's crazy because you know, we don't know of any cross continental travel going, right. going back that far. Okay, how did the ocarina land up in South America? And um, we don't find evidence of this thing that far back in South America, um, so. We just these are questions we just don't know. We don't know the answer. But it couldn't it
0: be that they they it's like collective consciousness where it was created right. simultaneously in South America and in China. I mean, it's a bowl with some holes in it.
1: That's absolutely possible, um, you know. But of course, there's also the theory that the that all people come from one particular tribe, the San tribe in, in 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 South Africa, in southern Africa, um, and all people originally come from there. So if that's the case, is it not likely that musical instruments and some aspects of culture would have traveled with them right throughout you know we we just don't know actually yeah well
0: i mean it's interesting but it's also like let's hear let's hear it wow that's yeah. it's amazing how it sounds so um sci-fi like otherworldly yeah you know the no, other it's... instruments sounded ancient there was something ancient about them that was very grounded and earthy and yeah. this sounds like what
1: yeah no it's nuts um it's basically like two ocarinis in one it's a multi-chamber so you've got two separate fingerings on both sides that you can do which is really cool and um you know i'd had this one for uh, the longest time before i decided eventually one day to look up the maker thinking, oh, there's going to be some dude in Mexico or Peru or something. Right. No, some dude in London, for real (laughs) David Langley. (laughs) Some guy
0: in Brixton. Right. Somerset (laughs) making Making these, what do you call it again? uh, Caipirinha? No, that's the beverage. What is it?
1: That's an ocarina.
0: Ocarina. Ocarina. Okay. Um, Do you have any instruments that were, uh, uh, besides the Mongolian one, any uh, other instruments from Asia or, oh, he's pulling out some, some poles and strings.
1: Yes, I'll, I'll show you one from India right now. Which, um,
0: oh, this I love, this I love. What is that, uh, is that a coconut?
1: This is, well, this is a, a, a calabash, but you you can do that from anything. And um, this is one of those interesting instruments that um, is huge in Brazil, and in, 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 in capoeira dancing. Yes, that's see- where it looks
0: familiar, when I used to see those capoeira circles.
1: Yeah, and this is, this is a berimbau is, is what it's called, but actually it comes from South Africa or Southern Africa. Um, the, stream, the stream of the slave trade um, in sort of the latter years of the slave trade went from Angola and Mozambique um, to South America for the most part. Um, and this instrument came along and it's actually quite similar, um, but this is the South African version, which is called a makuiani, um which is a specifically Zulu instrument. Each tribe has their own version of it. Oh, um, wow. And it sound, sounds like this You use your
0: yeah. What is that? Why are you putting it against your chest?
1: You use your breast. You're actually supposed to play it without your without your shirt on, but I'm not going to put you through that. <laughs> um, but it basically, it's to it's to just close and open the hole. And if it's if it's skin, it, it, it just you get more you know more of a sound out of it. Um, so
0: it stops the sound. It's like a plosive. It kind of stops.
1: Like a plug, it? And, and so that's how you get that. Oh, wow. Like, in, 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 uh, in South Africa, Zulu women will play this. And as you know, Zulu women are... are, are and they'll very, just put on their titty? Yeah, they tra- traditionally don't wear anything over there. So um, so it's na- naked skin and, and it's it, yeah, it really helps in the sound. Um, but it's That's, that's very,
0: why breasts were formed that way. We never thought of that from a of an evolutionary perspective. It's, it's to cup the instrument. Exactly right. I not never to, thought of that. I not love not that. In, that's yeah. a ama- fascinating instrument. I wonder the... the the differences between the, the tribes, like you said, the Zulu, like how the, that instrument varies from one tribe to the next. I wonder.
1: A very small differences, like the, the, Zulu, like the Zulus um, isolate the the calabash from the, from the bow. I mean, okay. cause this is basically a bow and arrow. This is where this came from. There's the string
0: ah. and
1: this, this came from a bow and arrow. And, we don't know what came first. Was it a bow, as an arrow, as a, as a weapon, or was right. it an instrument first that someone said, oh, gee, look, what if I do that, I can hurt um, Freddie over there. Um, we're not sure.
0: Well, it's so. interesting because capoeira was a veiled uh, way to study, the practice the martial art, right, in the form of dance. That's right. Is that correct? So maybe that's, the bows and right. arrows that were being played doing the capoeira were also like to ward off any enemy, knowing, you know, we also can we have a spear here that we can shoot at you if you get too close. I don't know yeah, maybe yeah
1: no, it's fascinating and, and uh there are there are small differences like in in in, in the uh, in Brazil, they play this with a coin so um so you can also use your knuckle here to get yet another note.
0: Oh, so you stop it that way.
1: So now I'm getting three different notes on this thing um, in, in, uh, in the Berenbauer, they, they'll use a coin to do that. Um, but the differences are really subtle, you know, at first glance, this is just all the same instrument. Yeah. You know?
0: Did you teach, are you autodidactic on all these? Did you watch tutorials or who, how'd you learn all these? Um,
1: well, I mean, it's, it's kind of a ongoing, you know, we had a great program in, in Durban where I studied at the university. We had a great ethnomusic program there um, and uh, so I learned a lot of this there, um, and, uh, and 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 you just keep on learning. I mean, it's always it's a non.
0: Yeah, no, I'm sure it's fascinating. Any other? Is, I want you also. Is there a difference between the happy guitars and the ones that look shell shocked in terms of sound? Yeah, so these guys,
1: <laughs> and I don't have them tuned.
0: They're like emojis. Those two guys are the emojis okay. there.
1: They're called Ruan, and they're okay. from China. And these guys date back to 2,000 years or more.
0: Okay, so relatively young compared to the other guys you have in there.
1: Yeah, relatively young compared to the other guys.
0: It's interesting because you're playing like I was expecting you to play like that traditional Chinese music. And then what you were playing was modern, which I liked. It's like a a weird juxtaposition. Can you hear me okay? Because it said my internet connection is unstable. You know, that sound, you can have that traditional Chinese music, you know, but then you play that sounded almost like a rock song. And it almost sounded like you're on an electric guitar. Like that's what was so cool about it.
1: Well, oh, yeah, no, it's cool. But it, it also comes from the the fact that I'm completely unable to play anything traditional on it. Right. <laughs> because, you know, so, like most, okay. So it's just because yeah, lack they, of skill, not because of desire. Of- okay.
0: Well, before we move on to your process, if there are any other instruments you want to share, I'm open to hearing because this is all fascinating to me.
1: Okay. This is a Chinese instrument. Also. It's called the Hullusi, Um And it's a free read instrument. I'll, sh- I'll give you a bit of a
0: Wow, is that a gourd or is that like it's clay? Yeah, that's like a little pumpkin, like you
1: buy in Trader Joe's. Wow, <laughs> it's pretty cool, and it's two, uh, two, two different notes. It's got a drone pipe, and then, the, and then the one you play. Um, and again, it's a it's a Chinese instrument. I bought this in in Shanghai. Um, what do those
0: cost? Are those like cheap on, at the market, or, or are these like craftsmen and you have to pay a lot of money?
1: You know, I probably spent thirty or forty dollars on this. Oh, okay. In, Shanghai. So it's not a cheapo market job, but it's also not a high-end. I'm sure you can get high-end ones. you know.
0: What's um, the most expensive instrument you have? The armadillo?
1: No, this guy.
0: Uh, Getting to cool. the pricey items.
1: This is called a hang drum. You, you might have seen it. Or UFO drum, if you like. Is that um, like from like Trinidad?
0: That. Like a steel drum? Trinidadian steel drum? Or what is that?
1: You know, that's that's very good that you picked that up. This is actually that technology but inverted so okay. if you can imagine that and then you play it on top it doesn't have and then it's in a drum that's a steel drum this is a hang drum um, but it's essentially the same technology and sounds if you can, let me put, there it uh, is
0: yeah shot. here um, we go So is it just a scale from like Do, Re, Mi? Like, like how, what, how are the notes uh, spaced the, this out? This
1: one, so this one is in Dorian mode, it's in a minor mode. So you you got your bass there, that's your low okay. D, and then there's your A, there's your C natural, and there's your D, and then your F, your E, um, E, F, G, and A.
0: So those so, are the the sharps or the flats, I mean, or that, like it was on a natural. piano?
1: Those are all natural. So if you were sitting at a piano and you played all the white notes from D to D, that's yep. basically the scale. And it's Oh, called okay. Dore-note.
0: Okay. So you could do a scale for me. Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, Ti do. You could do that?
1: Well, it's, not, you're singing a major. So this is a minor. So it would be. Oh, wow. A okay. A minor version of it, right? Got it. Got it. Okay. And then it. Then it's got the lowest seed that doesn't go beyond this, obviously. Um, but, it's, uh, but I have another one of these that's in a, in a weird funky minor key um, that I bought in Australia. So you can make these in, in any key you want. And,
0: what, and what, metal, what metal is that from?
1: I have no idea. But it's um, these are very tricky to make. And I did an episode on, actually on how these are made um, with a guy in Australia who lives out in the Bundus. And um, he's the guy who made the other one I have. And I went over there and filmed... Like how he makes these things, and it's a very interesting and complex process. That's why they're expensive. This is like three three thousand dollars, and this is one of the cheap ones.
0: Wow, so that's three grand. The is there insurance on these? Yeah. If they malfunction, do you call the craftsman?
1: Yeah, you do. Okay. You do. Um This is an American-made one. I I could call them. In fact, I'm going to send these back to them to re, retune them at some point.
0: How do you um, retune? You bang it? You weld it? Hammer. Yeah, you hammer it
1: <laughs> with a hammer. Yeah, you hammer it and it takes hours. I mean, it's, it's a very complex process. Um, so how does that sound differ? How
0: does a hang drum, drum sound differ from a regular steel drum?
1: Well, a steel drum, um, it's a lot more resonant. Okay. Um, there are a lot more notes built in. Um, nice. And a steel drum doesn't have the bass. Mm,
0: okay. Uh, so
1: steel drums are meant to be played in a band group, whereas this is more, more an individual solo instrument okay so by um, bass you just mean it's, it's kind of a to... lower
0: note like an octave lower is that what you mean by bass exactly right okay so that's yeah. that can su- suffice as the that's beat and then good. it'll kind of okay wow yeah, exactly exactly um so do you feel like when and you're composing is, a, is there yeah, a particular oh sorry go ahead
1: this, this is a devil chaser um which is probably the cheapest instrument i have in here it's just a piece of bamboo that's split in, in the middle okay. and it's got a hole where my thumb is and so you can do pretty simple yeah i love it years old
0: you know for the for the audio version of this episode you're going to have to send me audio files of these instruments so my listeners can really hear it because i feel like we're not doing the instruments justice no um, exactly unfortunately but um so what's your First of all, thank you for sharing those. I could do this all day. I find I find it amazing, and I, I wish I. Can you recommend any good reading or any documentaries to watch on on the the, the music and how it uh, how it reflects the culture from whence it came, so to speak? Uh, you yeah, know, really I guess is that ethnomusicology or something. Whatever the, the the
1: the. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure you'll find a lot of stuff on YouTube if you just look up. Yeah. Okay. I can't immediately think of something that comes to mind that's, you know, encompasses all of this stuff.
0: No, no, I don't, yeah, I don't mean like one tell all, but it's always fascinating to me to, to see where it came from. And, and obviously this desire for music and, and how they incorporated natural objects in, into the instrument, you know? I mean, these days, my kids, they just use a, a keyboard and they're making their EDM music and they're calling it a day. You know what I mean? So I love I love uh, going back to the, the different colors and and sounds and also, uh, you know, using like it's like use, eating locally sourced vegetables. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. that armadillo. Where did he live? How did his family feel well, about his body being used to be the body of an instrument? Maybe maybe that's a sign of respect. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you live on. Yeah. You're supposed yeah, exactly. to decomposing I mean- in some landfill. I don't know exactly,
1: and, and I think some people see it that way, and then there are others who see it in a completely different way. That's why it's banned, probably. Yeah,
0: exactly. No, I, I don't want anybody slaughtering armadillos just to put a string on it and, and play. I mean, there's got to be a a, a plastic. Version Unless you of lived that. in
1: a town that was overrun with armadillos, then you might have a different. You know or, what?
0: You're you know. right, and I kind of look like an armadillo. I've been told, so <laughs> maybe I have a subconscious affinity to the creature. Um, Okay, so all those aside, how much of these do you actually get to incorporate when you're scoring a movie, honestly? Like, how much of these instruments do you get to use or what's on a big commercial film? Like, what was the last commercial film you did?
1: Um, Deep Blue Sea, which is a shark movie, Deep Blue Sea 3. Okay. Um, to be honest, I didn't get much of any of this stuff on there. I did make some sounds that were sort of more, you know, I can take something like this and, and just go... And that's it, that's the sound. You put that in the computer, you mess it up a little bit, you don't know it's coming from here. Right. Um, but so I use a lot of these instruments in, in the sense that they're, they're ways to create sound, uh, but, some, but sometimes you're also using them to evoke something uh, that's, that has a cultural affinity. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's a bit of both.
0: But have most of the films you've been working on recently, have they been those big budget kind of actiony things? no um,
1: um it's, it's you know that and everything between that deeply is an action shock almost horror movie yeah um uh, official secrets that that was last year i believe was it the year? Yeah, last official year official
0: secrets that with keira knightley
1: that's right yeah that's a oh Gavin- i
0: like that movie you you scored that movie yeah oh wow and you did it by yourself or did you have your peons
1: no with paulie Paulie and I did it together. You remember? Oh, Paul-
0: yeah, I remember, Paulie, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow, that was a great movie. And when, so who directed that yeah. movie? Gavin Hood. Oh, Gavin Hood did, okay. So yeah. with Gavin, which I guess you've worked with a lot, does he have a, a sound template in his mind that he dictates to you? Or do you see the only the final cut of the movie and you come to him with ideas? Like, tell me about the process specifically with him.
1: Yeah, so the, 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 the latter thing you describe is usually how it works. They come to you with an edit that's in process uh, and and you present, you come up with ideas and then go and present it. With Gavin, it's different because, um, we, you know, we've established a different template and we're also very good friends. And uh, and so right in the beginning, when he's still conjuring up a movie in his head, um, he, he'll send the script to us and say, you know, what do you think? And, and, and we discuss this right from the beginning and music's a part of that. Um, and so, what it means is, is very often, you'll run with an idea for months and, and then realize after a while, okay, that idea is not gonna cut it and then go somewhere completely different, um, which might seem like a waste of time, but it's not because it enables you to explore all these corners of what the creative impetus might be for this music. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing that, that you often don't have a option to do.
0: Do you feel like you're able to um score movies in a way that people recognize it's you like alexander de i feel like i always kind of recognize you know what i mean do you have a a sound to to your scoring or do you just serve the film and you're like i don't want people to notice the music i want that to augment the story it's not about the music
1: that's a good question i i i'm not the person to answer that really um i, I tend to think i do but they're they're again you know, it's all my music. So, you know, yeah. I'm not the best judge of that. I, I, I like to think that there's something that comes through in all my music. Um, but, but, you know, one of the things I love about music making is the diversity of it. And, and so, um, I'm, you know, I'm equally comfortable in EDM than I am in, in all this stuff, um, and right. computers and, and all that. So, I don't know it's a that's a difficult question for me to answer
0: okay well i guess it's yeah i mean i guess it really also depends on the movie right i mean some movies overdo the music because they they lack on story you know what i mean so you have this pulsating soundtrack that punctuates every moment it's like pounding i'm like i get it we're supposed to be scared or they're walking down the hallway it's tense you know so sometimes it feels like a crutch And other times it's so evocative, but those feel like those more of those like Terrence malick kind of films where you're kind of being swept away in a soundscape. Yeah. Um, Do you see a difference in how European filmmakers score their movies versus American films?
1: Yeah, very much so. Um, How so? um, What you just mentioned. um, Sometimes I find in in America, um, there's there's fear driving the creative impetus, impetus sometimes is it good enough? Is that performance good enough? Is the edit good enough? Oh, let's just put music there. More music, please. More music, more music. Um, and, and I find with Europeans, um, you're much more likely to see a 10, 15, 20 minute scene play out with no music whatsoever. And then right. music comes in and maybe it's exactly the repeat of something you already heard 20 minutes ago. Um, it's used in a different way. It's almost, it's almost like they're using it a little more like another character in the movie. Right. So that's um, rather than a you know f- fix all and let's make everything as loud and and
0: yeah, almost like a like they're not trying to gloss over everything with like a, a musical brush. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I always like movies. I'm trying to remember the name of this famous director. I think he was Hungarian. That always used diegetic music. Is that the right way to say it?
1: Yeah. Music that came from, that comes from, it comes from the scene,
0: right? Someone's playing uh, music in a boombox or there's an orchestra in the back playing, you know, it's part of, I love that. And when it's done well, it it doesn't feel like you're with the characters hearing the music as opposed to, you know, tapping it onto the story. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. There's one movie called irreversible. I can't remember. Yeah. That's with
0: that Monica Bellucci, right? Monica Bellucci and her husband with like a 10 minute rape scene.
1: Yes, exactly. Oh, my Lord. It's one of the most powerful movies I've ever seen. But the way music is used in that movie is all sort of diegetic, but in such a creative way. It's insane. I'll
0: it's have to ridiculous. see it because I remember hearing about that 10-minute rape scene and I was like, oh, boy, because that's like blue is the warmest color where it felt it felt uh, uh, abusive already. You know what I mean? It felt like me and Lars von Trier movies where I'm like, you're just torturing yeah. the audience. It's like torture porn.
1: Uh, it's, to- but it's, it's, it'll, it'll leave you, f- it's, it's so powerful. I, I, I can't. Okay. All right.
0: I'll check it out. I mean, I, I, yeah, I forgot the, I don't know if the, the actor directed it too. I forgot. Ooh, I'll look it up. But, um, what was I going to say? I'm going to check the Facebook feed and see if there's any questions for you. If you have any questions for, for Mark, stand by. Let's see. Um, I don't know how to even do it. I'm like refreshing the Facebook page. I literally was born yesterday when it comes to this shit. Let's see here. What is your favorite, uh, aside from your own work? Who's your favorite composer, and and what film? I mean, I don't. I know favorite's always an annoying word, but um, in terms of film that had the most beautiful soundtrack in your mind.
1: Well, gee, that's a. I, I would. I would almost immediately say 2001: Space Odyssey, and that has no composed music in it. That's all um, source music, all pre-existing classical music.
0: It's a lot of um, opera, isn't it? Just the There's way a lot of operatic the music stuff is in there.
1: Used in that. And yeah, not so much opera, actually. Um, there's, there's a lot of um, um, very modern classical music in the Ligeti, and mm. composers like that. That is, you know, the, the kind of stuff that if you're sitting in a concert hall and that starts, you're going to be like, holy shit, what is this? But um, I, it's so wonderfully used in that movie. Um, but I also love um, Apocalypse Now. I think the way music was mu- used in that movie is amazing. Uh, love that soundtrack. I have to rewatch And these. Johanna Hansen, who sadly has... has, has yeah, um, Johan Johansson is sadly departed, but he's really one of the most exciting um, film composers, I think, of the last couple of decades.
0: Oh, wow. Um, um, but, like,
1: Sicario is, is a great score. The Arri- Arrival is a great score that he did. Um,
0: yeah, oh, and, I saw Sicario. Yeah. yeah, okay, okay. What's your favorite uh, kind of film to score? Do you prefer action? Do you prefer more character-driven uh, stuff? Do you to do comedy?
1: I've done not much comedy. Um, I, I don't know that I would, I like political stuff, but that's just because I'm of my, I'm very, you know, I, I love politics. I'm just kind of interested in that, in that world. So the kind of stuff that I've done with Gavin, um, I love all of it because the way, just the way Gavin thinks about the world and th- yeah. and, and that all comes through his movies. Uh, for me, that's, you know, cause I, f- I feel like, yeah, I feel like I'm really saying something. Um, you know, but it doesn't detract from doing like a shark terror movie. I mean, that's just so yeah, much fun course. also. It's just a different, you know, it's a different well, I can space. also
0: imagine that the shark movies have a nice fat paycheck.
1: No, not in this case, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but they can have. <laughs> I'm just saying, as
0: opposed to doing indies. Um, how do you, as a composer, how do they deal with uh, like doing a TV series, like a Netflix series, do they end up just reusing a lot of the music? Because I can't imagine they hire a composer to score every freaking episode. Is there just like a bank of of tracks that the composer gives them, like a library, and then the editor inserts, or how does it work on like a you know five season, twelve episodes a season series?
1: Well, it you know it depends. There are different models, and and a lot of them, yeah, it is one composer doing all nine, ten, twelve episodes, whatever. Um, but then there are other models where maybe they have less money and then they they use, they buy a, a music library and they use that and then they want a composer to fill in the gaps so right. they'll have you write, you know, 10% of the score. The rest is going to be pulled from a library okay. or or they pay you for three episodes and then tell you that's it, thank you very much and then they keep using your music. Right. Um. There are different ways and it depends on the budget. It depends on the filmmaking. Okay.
0: Have you done TV series or do you prefer film?
1: You know, I have done TV series um, and I'm looks like I'm just about to start another one now for HBO Max. You know, there's, it's becoming blurred. It it used to be where you can say, you know, TV is a very different animal and you score it this way. It's not like that anymore, really. There's, there's such exciting stuff going on in TV and on in that world. Um, and, And in some ways you can actually be more creative and spread your wings a little further with, with TV, just because there's so much more of it.
0: I'm wondering, because um, I've had this conversation you know, with actors and directors in terms of authenticity of, of you know, casting an actor who's um, Lebanese to play a Lebanese character or having a writer, you know, who's trans to write a trans story, right? They're not going to hire me to write the story of a young black man growing up in, in Alabama. It's just not going to happen. But in terms of right. scoring... If you um, got hired to do a movie that took place in Turkey, let's say, uh, or is there an issue or do they, you know, like, what's your belief on Do you find that, that they're still trying to be more like, let's find a Turkish composer or local Turkish musicians, or is it more acceptable to be like, we're going to hire a white South African dude to do a score that takes place in the Middle East? No problem. You know,
1: it, again, it's it, it's you know it's in the eye of the beholder, and and you, you're starting to find as as woke culture becomes, um, you know, a little more pronounced, um, that that you are beginning to see a little bit of that, and and it's it's not. I don't think it's a good thing. I, I wish that w- weren't happening, because um, I think it's it's really you know I mean diversity is about osmosis, it's about mixing things up. And that's how all these wonderful instruments came to us is because someone went to another tribe, you know, knocked them out, stole their women, and by the way, stole their instruments, and came back and made another instrument, made it their way, and then that became something else. And then someone else said, so this, is, this is how life works. And what woke culture is trying to do is to put in a stop to that. So I, you know, but it, it doesn't mean to say that if you're writing a Turkish movie and you want something really authentic, you're not going to hire a Turkish composer. That's perfectly valid. Um, but I think I, what I try to do in movies is to mix things up as much as possible. So if I'm doing a, a movie set in China, in fact, I'll give you a great example. I did a movie called North by El Norte, which okay. is um, a Mexican movie. And I ended up using Middle Eastern instruments in there, um, like oud, Um, and, and all sorts of, because I mean, what I'm trying to do is show the diversity of culture and the interactivity and the osmosis of culture. And so if you can do that on a subtle level in the music, you know, why say, Oh, I'm doing a Mexican movie. I should only use Mexican instruments. That's right. And to me that closes the door. It doesn't open it.
0: I'm with you. I think that I I'm with you on that, but I also on the, not the flip side, but I'm slowly understanding more and more that it's about giving, um, I think artists should be able to create and incorporate, uh, you know, sounds from all over. That's the beauty of fusion, you know, in general. And, and, and like you said, osmosis, but it is about giving artists that don't have a chance to highlight their work, especially when it concerns part of their own culture. So I think that's it. Like if there's a Turkish composer can't get arrested cause they're making movies about, you know what I mean? Idaho. Right. So fantastic that if there's finally a movie that takes place in Turkey, that they can also get a chance to, to, uh, to you know, share their experience and their musical history with you. Know what I mean?
1: Absolutely right. And that's that, that's kind of a different thing. That's that's more like an affirmative action idea, which is absolutely valid and should be happening um, to equal the playing field. No right. question. Um, but I'm yeah. But I you know on a purely creative. You're level. You're talking
0: about like the feeling of appropriation. Like why shouldn't I be able to use an instrument used by um, African by the Zulu tribe?
1: Yeah, exactly. Just
0: because I'm not Zulu.
1: Exactly. And, and I've, I've, you know, I've gotten into trouble uh, on my YouTube channel a number of times uh, because of that, because now I'm a white dude playing these instruments. And, and there are some people who take offense at that. They're like, you're culturally appropriating my culture. Um, and you know, I, I have no real answer to that except, you know, sorry for you, I'm going to keep doing it. Um, (laughs) I don't <laughs> know what else to say about that, you know. Yeah. But I understand where it comes from. I you think know, it's to, tricky
0: because, again, it's like thousands of years of, of oppression. You know what I mean? Coming out like seriously, like you're oppressing us in this way, but you, you take what you like and then you, you know, I think that that's where, I mean, again, who am I to speak? But I'm just saying that's where my feeling is of where that's coming from.
1: Yeah. No, exactly right. When I did my episode on, on the Columba and the Mbira, um, I got into a lot of trouble from, from people in Zimbabwe who was saying, you, you know, why are you doing that? You got this wrong, you got that wrong, you're not doing it right and all this stuff. Um, and, and there's a valid point to that. Um, yeah. But you, you wouldn't find that happening from from American jazz music, for example, you'll never find an American jazz musician saying to a European, "Don't use jazz music; that's cultural appropriation." You won't find that. The reason is because there's no there's no sense of oppression of that music. Jazz music is ubiquitous everywhere in the world. Right. For the Zimbabweans, this is the one thing that defines. That they have,
0: head. right? This is
1: their thing, and it's and and so it absolutely makes sense. Um,
0: yeah, Probably. I mean, it makes sense. I try and respect and understand, you know, it's like, because again, yeah. it's easy to talk from a place of, of power. You know, th- this is related to, it's so funny um, on a complete non sequitur, not music, but there was a whole debacle with Jerry Seinfeld. I don't know if you've heard about this the last week. Um, and I know these people involved. There's an owner of a comedy club in New York, uh, James Altucher, who's a billionaire. Um, and he wrote an article that New York is dead and he moved to Florida and he, he outlined why New York has died. He's a lifelong New Yorker, but it's dead. And, you know, it's, it's the unemployment, the restaurants, the culture and all this stuff. And then Jerry Seinfeld wrote a response in the New York Times that was very a very personal attack uh, on James specifically, on how he's a putz and New York is going to survive and all this shit. But at the end of the day, Jerry Seinfeld has been staying in some mansion in the Hamptons, a $32 million mansion, He's not mm-hmm. starving and walking up six flights of stairs carrying groceries. You know what I mean. Right. My point is, it's it's hard to speak for other people if you're not in their shoes, well, and it's so good. easy to to uh, be self righteous when you're in a place of power. So yeah. I feel like there's the 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 thing about woke culture that I and I'm not talking about cancel culture. I'm just talking about awareness yeah. and sensitivity to. Um, yeah, the, the origins and the creators and people that are not in place of power. Like maybe you get yeah, maybe one of these Zimbabwean musicians becomes a guest on your show and coaches you yeah. on how to do it right. Right. I mean, just yeah. so there's a respect and a highlight of that of that person and, and a respect of their legacy. Does that make sense? Absolutely.
1: Know. Absolutely. You know.
0: And that, you know, that's
1: where academic study is a part of it, right? You right. know, if you if you do take the trouble to understand and read about the instruments and have that respect for it um then then i think you know then i think there's nothing wrong with that um and and i'm just you know i just don't want to be in a situation where someone's saying don't play a a mbira because you know i don't i think that's
0: right uh, i think instruments i think i think the community of of musicians should be a global community yeah i think that should just be a given you know what i mean it's like if you're creating music it should be a global effort and That's, how great to incorporate musicians from other parts of the world that people aren't aware of and increase yeah. awareness. I mean, how fantastic is that? I didn't know about any of this shit you were telling me.
1: Yeah, yeah um, no, there are, you know, for example, that Naya Titi I showed you, there's yeah. a guy called Ayuba Gada from Kenya. Um, he's deceased now, but a beautiful, amazing, amazing player of that instrument. And uh, they un, pretty much unknown until they put a track of his on the Constant Gardener soundtrack, right. and then became a, you know, a star a worldwide star
0: well what about like fela kuti how did he was you know how did he become a global sensation
1: well he i mean he was already kind of he was already quite big in africa okay you know before western musicians started becoming interested in him
0: i don't know if if you can inform me on this but what is the vibe within africa and and people using from one country and culture using instruments from another um or you know is there like a Community of Pan African artists or people very protective of their own, you know.
1: Yeah, bit, bit of both. um yeah. bit of both. I think you find in in more in, in in cultures that are a little more closed. Zimbabwe is a good example of this because of the the politics of the last twenty or so years, um, the society there's been very closed. Um, so it's not a big surprise when when you get this type of reaction. Um, whereas in South Africa, you know, it's, it's much more open. Uh, there are a lot of immigrants from the rest of Africa in South Africa. Okay. So you get a lot more. Mixed um, again, it's, you know, it's all about osmosis. The more osmosis, the better, basically
0: how, how often do you go back to South Africa?
1: Yeah. About, about once a year. Um, yeah. And in terms reg- of the, quite um, regularly. Yeah. the
0: music, musical community there, how integrated is it? If you go to a club um, and you see a collective or a band or whatever.
1: Yeah, it's, it's very integrated, but it's, it's not a thing like it is here. How do I explain this? Um, if you find a band full of, you, let me put it this way, you're not going to find people structuring a band because they want to be as diverse as possible. They're going to okay. structure a band base, and no one's going to give them shit for that. You know, So if you find a bunch of Afrikaans musicians and they're all white, no one's going to give you shit for that. Or if you find a black guy singing Afrikaans music in Afrikaans, no one's going to give you shit for that. So um, I think South Africa has done a much better job of of cultural integration uh, than I think in some ways America has done or is doing.
0: Interesting. Okay. Well, I guess it also, I don't know. I mean, I don't know enough about it. I I, I do think jazz is one of those uh, um, genres that really, uh, you know, you do have white Jewish musicians playing and and black music, you know, it really kind of was a language for many people.
1: Yeah, but I'm speaking out
0: of ignorance. So I don't want to get shit for that either. Because I just I love jazz music, but I don't know too much about, you know, I like who I like. That's
1: why I used the example of jazz music earlier, because it it is a unique American experience. Yeah. And no one can culturally appropriate that in a smaller sense. Right. You know, there's no way you can say it's already
0: it's already a fusion of of things.
1: Exactly. And it's
0: improvisational. And that's yeah. the beauty of it. And it's about listening. And yeah. so I think that as a, as a, and I know all music's about listening, but no, but this in particular, the improvisational nature of it, I feel like it really, the values that underlie jazz are so astounding. And it is about how do you listen to your fellow musician? How do you g- give the stage to one and then give the stage? You know, I love when you applaud in the middle of a, of a set every time someone does that. You know what I mean? I love that.
1: No, exactly. It's I mean it's uh it's Marxist music. <laughs> you know, everyone's the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, gets I, I their love little that. moment to shine and it's very democratic. That's um, the beauty of it. Is.
0: okay. So before we wrap, I want to send people tell me, is your website net. Uh,
1: @markkillian.net.
0: Markkillian.net. net. You had to be different. And then uh-huh. what's the YouTube show?
1: That's Mark Killian's channel. Okay. Um, All right. And, so I'll I'll post that uh, on the uh, Facebook. Uh, send you the link but yeah if you just look up Mark Killian's channel some 25 episodes up there at the moment
0: oh I love that so if you want to learn more to about it. the delightful instruments that uh, mr. Killian has shared with us today you can go to either markkillian.net or Mark Killian's YouTube channel and um, and so what what uh, what can we look forward to next so some of the stuff you, you saw you said we could watch like to see some of your music what do you recommend me watching the films like well, that you're most proud of
1: Oh um, you know I would say official secret any of Gavin's films really? Okay. Um, Tsi was an amazing movie. Yeah, really, really. Still still today, if you watch that movie, it's it's just wow, the questions it asks and the way just the way Gavin deals with, with life. Yeah, he's a brilliant. And, I uh, I
0: like him a lot. Okay. Well, who's the director that did District 9 or whatever it's called?
1: Oh, um goodness. What uh he's also Neil, South African, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Neil Blomkamp.
0: Blomkamp, are you in touch with Blomkamp?
1: No, I try you know, I try to get i uh, connected with him but it didn't work um he and he did Chappie as well i, I, think,
0: I believe was it Chappie? okay i didn't see but he's good he's good too he's good he's too.
1: great yeah um sure. well thank yeah.
0: you mark for taking the time yeah, and um fun. and i'd love to uh if you send me also some of your tracks i'd love to put them on at the end of the of the audio version of this so people can actually hear full fully produced tracks of yours if you're open to that yeah absolutely all right. I love that. You guys, please go to my website, www.xraepod.com. Uh, it's also available, x-ray podcast available wherever you get your pottery. Uh, you like that? What I did there? A little make a little pottery, pottery uh-huh. joke. Um, I love you all. Uh, have a delightful rest of your day. And thank you, Mark. Take Thanks care you. of those $3,000 instruments. I hope you have an alarm system.
1: Uh, I do.
0: This is Raylan Casper-White. Of all right.
1: Cheers. cheers.